This man cannot remain power. <laughs> Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to my new video. My name is AJ. I've got a packed show for you today. My main topic is going to be about Russia and EU's head-on collision that's about to take place. Today is the D-Day and basically Putin has had said if they do not get paid in rubles for the gas, uh, the gas will be turned off um, after today. So today is the deadline. EU had said um, they're going to continue paying in euros, they're not going to pay in rubles. So we got a blink first moment here. Who's going to blink first? Or if you watch Hollywood films, you can see two cars driving towards each other at very, very high speed. And none of the drivers are prepared to move away or press their brakes. So we'll see what happens. I'll talk about that. And I'll talk about um, Liz Truss's um, trip to India which coincides with uh, Lavrov as well. Lavrov is in India, Liz Truss is in India. So you can imagine an uh, image of Modi standing in the middle, Liz Truss is grabbing Modi's arm on the left, pulling him on towards her side, and then you've got Lavrov on the right, pulling Modi on the right, and pulling Modi on his side. So Modi is being pulled left and right, while Liz Truss and Lavrov are fighting over India. Who's going to win? Well, I'll let you know in a bit. And I'm also going to be talking about a meeting going on between China and the EU. And EU is trying to bribe China, giving it plenty of money and trade deals if China could um, backstab its friend Russia. So I'll let you know what my thoughts are on that. And finally, I'm also going to talk about this meeting between Russia and China and how they're working together to build a new world order. So it's a packed show today and like I said it's April the 1st. I haven't seen many um, April the 1st fool's jokes. Um, I have seen this on the BBC. I was hoping this is a fool's joke but unfortunately, unfortunately it's not. It's real. Um, people's bills have gone up by 54%. Some have, have even gone up by 100%. And if you're living in a large house, you've got a big family, uh, you're not making much money, then you are really really going to be out of pocket and probably go into poverty so this is very very bad news in UK I'm going to be covering this in another um, video so I'll come back to this later on so I'm going to start with this story and before I before I start I'm also going to tell you guys that you may have noticed a couple of my videos um, have been taken down by YouTube um, they've sent me an email last night saying a couple of my videos have um, violated the terms of about the Ukraine and Russia reporting. And one of my videos is quite new. It's about the, um, the Australian guy when he was um, booted off the audience um, by, by an Australian anchor. So um, if any of you have seen that, you'll probably remember it. Um, that's been taken down. If you haven't seen it, that's too bad guys I can't re-upload it again I think it's gone um, so just letting you know that I am being targeted by YouTube as well uh, as you know with me I am very outspoken I don't hold anything back I say exactly how I feel and sometimes uh, YouTube doesn't like it but this is why you guys uh, subscribe to me and this is why you guys love me so I'm not gonna change so I'll carry on doing what I'm doing 
Um, don't forget to support me on Patreon or buy me a coffee. Uh, it does help and it allows me to be more and more independent. So without further ado, let's continue. Putin tells German Chancellor Scholz gas payments can continue in euros. So last night, um, Chancellor Scholz um, called Putin up and, and he says, look, um, we need to pay you in the current contracts, which is euros. And if you can sort that out, that'll be absolutely amazing. And uh, he came out of the meeting telling all his all of his reporters, telling, you know, all of the German public that Putin's agreed that the payments can continue in euros. And there was a statement made by Russia very soon after that saying no agreement has been taken place. We still expect gas to be paid in rubles. And today is the deadline. So here's my thoughts. Here is Schultz putting all of these sanctions on Russia, sending weapons to Ukraine, turning a complete 180 towards Russia, where when it was Merkel, she had a good relationship with Russia. And now this puppet of the United States comes in, places all of these sanctions on Russia, says all sorts of bad things to, towards uh, Russia, completely a puppet to the United States, and he expects um, Putin to do him a favour. And this guy Schultz has come out looking really stupid because he's come out of this call telling everyone that Putin's agreed that he can continue with Euros when it's not the case at all. Why would Putin do him any favours? It's like going out into the streets and some guy mugs you, takes all your money, beats you up, kicks you while you're, while you're on the floor and then says to you, oh, do you mind um, do you mind not calling the police and getting me arrested? Is that okay? You know, I'd, I really appreciate the favour. Would you mind doing that for me? That's exactly what it is. So Schultz, along with his other cronies from the West, led by Biden and his merry men, and... These guys are collectively trying to take Russia down, destroy the economy, really hurt the Russian people and sending weapons that, to Ukraine which will kill Russian soldiers and he expects Putin to do him a favour. If I was Putin, I can imagine how that phone call would have been like. Putin must have told him to get lost because there is no way Putin would agree to do any favour for Chancellor Schultz and agreed to pay, um, agreed to take in euros for, for gas. There is no way Putin would agree that. And there was a statement made by the Russians afterwards, soon afterwards, saying there is no agreement in place uh, between Putin and Chancellor Schultz that payments will continue with euros. We still expect it to be done in rubles and the deadline is today. So today is a deadline. So we'll see what happens by the end of today. But I suspect um, Europeans will not pay in rubles. Uh, Russia will start taking steps to cut the gas. And then Europeans will back down and say, OK, 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 we'll, we'll pay in rubles, we'll pay in rubles. And they will have to walk back a lot of these sanctions because all of these sanctions have been put in place to destroy the ruble. Um, they place sanctions on all of these banks and they're going to have to undo a lot of it because once they start paying in rubles, 
um, the ruble will become international, it will become very stronger and even stronger than it was before this crisis had started in Ukraine. So I don't expect Russia to back down and I expect Europeans to back down because who's going to lose more? If Russia stops the gas, okay, they might not make the money uh, from the Europeans, but they have the natural resources. They can start making steps to push it all towards China, push it all towards India. And Lavrov was in a meeting with the Indian counterparts to sign a huge, huge gas and oil deal. So Russia is already looking um, forward and onwards without Europeans. But Europeans need this gas. Where else are they going to get it from? There is nowhere else they can get it from. America can only provide 10% of what Europeans get from Russia. And Qatar can not provide that much. There, there is no way they can get any replacement. So what's the alternative? The European industry shuts down. Uh, they've got no gas. People start rioting on the streets. People can't afford their gas bills. Also, some mayhem will start happening. So at this point, Europeans need the gas more than what Russia needs the money. So I can see Russia holding strong and eventually the Europeans will give in and say, go on, they're no, just paying in rubles. So they can act strong. They can act all tough in front of Biden. They can say, yeah, yeah, let's go give uh, this sanction to Russia. Let's give that sanction to Russia. Yeah, yeah, look, look, the ruble has crashed 30%. Yeah, yeah, let's celebrate. Yeah, yeah, we're crushing Russia's economy. A few weeks later, the ruble is back to where it was. And they're like, oh, crap, what do I do now? You know, these politicians, they don't think. They don't even make decisions using their heads. I don't know where they make these ridiculous decisions. It's it's like Biden, the old fool, is making these ridiculous decisions. And you've got these wise politicians falling off the cliff one by one after him. It's absolutely ridiculous that Europeans have such stupid pe people running their governments and running their countries and running the whole block. I've never seen anything like it. And the Europeans and the Americans are supposed to be, you know, very, very intelligent. You, they have the best education. They have the best universities. And they have the best society. And you would think people would come out of these universities or life lessons and come out very intelligent, open-minded. But no, they have no common sense. None of them have any sense in what's going on around the real world. None of them have got any sense to sit down, think about the consequences of sanctions. None of them. You know, they're happy to sit there and throw sanctions at Russia. But Russia is not Iran. Russia is not Venezuela. You know, those countries might not be able to fight back, but Russia can. Russia has got the raw materials, it's got the energy. And Russia can sanction these countries back. And all of these countries, European countries, have literally sanctioned themselves. And they can't even see it. They are so stupid, they can't even see it. They're like shooting themselves in the foot and not realising their foot is gone. 
you know, I am so surprised by how stupid these Europeans are. And I, and I, I, I still got this image of Ursula in a press conference with Biden. And um, she's looking at the camera and then she looks back at Biden and she says, Oh, we're so happy to buy this LNG deal from our friends. We're happy to buy it from friends that we trust. And you look at Biden's face and he's smirking. He's got this weird smirk in his face. Thinking, yes. These stupid Europeans fall falling for my trap. Right in on track now to diversify away from Russian gas and towards our friends and partners, reliable and trustworthy suppliers. First of all, USA doesn't have any friends, nor does it have any enemies, only has common interests. And secondly, USA is not going to be reliable. They are not going to be able to give even that 10% and I guarantee you that, absolutely guarantee it. They're going to have, somebody is going to have to build a lot of LNG terminals, a lot of LNG ships. They're going to have to build all of this infrastructure and there is no way this 10% can be even done. Um, I'm pretty sure of it. And the gas prices are going to be going through the roof over the next few years. There is no way. In the meantime, Russia is taking steps to diversify, to sell its gas and oil to other countries, namely India and China. Uh, India is a huge market, 1.4 billion people and a rising country in terms of industry. And the more factories that India builds, the more gas and oil they will need. And so India is a very much a growing market and soon they will surpass Europeans um, in terms of importing gas and oil. China itself, as you know, there's one pipeline already going into China and they are building, building three more. And there's talks of another pipeline as well being built as well. And so there's going to be a lot of gas going into China over the next few years. And everybody knows China is the biggest user of coal in the world. So they want to get out of using coal and gas is the next best thing. Even though it's still polluting, it doesn't pollute as much as coal does. So China will be happy to replace all of those coal power plants with gas ones instead. So Lavrov was in India the same time as Listrus landed in India. The difference was Lavrov had actually had a red carpet. Um, he was greeted by lots of dignitaries in India. He was given the red carpet. He was treated very nicely. And not only that, Sergei Lavrov had met um, Prime Minister Modi. And even Liz Truss could not meet Modi by herself. She could not, you know, see Modi. Um, because he didn't have enough time for her, apparently. So you can see where India's loyalties lie. Uh, they are pretty much focusing on Russia. Um, they don't see UK as being an important partner. They see it as a very small fish in the sea. Uh, so they're not going to put much emphasis in UK. Um, but they've also got a lot of ill feeling towards the colonial days when England was... Um, colonizing UK, all of India. So India has, shares no love for UK and don't expect India to do any favors for the UK whatsoever. So um, obviously Liz Truss has recently opened her mouth in India and she's insulting a lot of people already. 
and she says uh, India should stand up for democracy um, and she's also saying India should not be sitting on the fence over the war you can see she, she said you shouldn't be sitting on over the fence over the war and she's also talking about India should stand up for democracy stand up for human rights and stuff and it didn't really go down too well in India to be honest it's, it's just again Western rhetoric uh, trying to force India to choose the West instead of um, instead of Russia but they don't really understand the relationship that India has with Russia it's not just about selling weapons Russia was the only country in India's time of need that went in to help India India will never forget that uh, they, they have a long long history of friendship and why would India backstab a friend that's been with them for years and years and years we're talking about hundreds of years of you know very good very good relationships very good friendship and the friendship was put to the test in in 1971 where the independence of Bangladesh was taken place and there was a huge war between India and Pakistan at the time and Pakistan was a good friend of the West at the time and the Americans and the West had sent some warships around the Indian coast and they were threatening um, India to stop and India sent out an SOS to the whole world um, for assistance and Russia was the only or at the, at the time of Soviet Union so Soviet Union was the only you know country that sent submarines or nuclear submarines along the um, coast of India and they stopped Americans and the West from joining this war and, and in the end India had won the war and Bangladesh was liberated and uh, India was thanking Russia ever since or the Soviet Union at the time so there's a lot of deep deep relationships between India and Russia and they are not gonna stab Russia in the back never not for the West any day so the West have got India completely wrong they've got China completely wrong they think just by showing them a bit of money or maybe using the carrot and the stick method I can't believe the West is so arrogant into thinking they can change India's mind, they can change China's mind and get them to backstab their friends Russia just to please the West and then the West will basically pick on them another day. It just doesn't make any sense. They are so arrogant. They feel that they can do that. They use the carrot and the stick method when they don't even understand the Indians and they don't even understand the Chinese and this kind of arrogance you know is beyond belief I just can't believe it so on the other side of the world there was a meeting between the EU and China over China's stance over Russia so the EU and you can see Ursula there um, the little puppet of Biden she loves Biden so much from that press conference you can, you'll have to watch all of it the way she was sucking up to him is absolutely embarrassing absolutely embarrassing complete puppet so here she is trying to persuade the Chinese again not to help Russia to denounce Russia to turn its back on Russia and EU had promised billion pounds worth of trade to China and they had the meeting and pretty much the Chinese have said no 
for a number of reasons. They're not going to stab their friend Russia over EU. Uh, firstly, they don't trust the EU because I, I don't know if many of you remember, but there was um, a trade deal signed by the Chinese and the EU called the EU-China investment deal. And this was placed on hold because the MPs accused China of human rights abuses. So they started putting all sorts of sanctions on Russia. I mean, sorry, on China at the time. And then China had to react and they placed sanctions back on some EU parliamentaries. And because of that, this investment deal was put on hold and it's never to be seen again or never to be heard about it again. And it, so you see, why would China trust the EU when EU have shown to be absolute puppets of the United States? They don't have their own policy. They don't have the independent policy. They basically listen to the American Americans and the Americans basically tell the EU what to do. And the Americans have told the EU to put a hold on this investment deal and they've done that. So why should China stab their friend in the back, walk away from Russia and embrace the EU when the EU can easily do this again based on America's instructions. So why should they trust them? And secondly, offering China billions worth of trade. The EU is not going to have any trade. The EU is going to go down. The way if Russia cuts the gas off, that's it. It's the end of EU. It's the end of everything. It's the end of all industries, end of businesses. People are going to be rioting in the streets. So there won't be an EU. There won't be any money to give to China. There won't be any trade to give to China. EU, EU would be gone if, if Russia closes the taps tomorrow. And in return, the Americans are also um, getting involved. And you can see they're coming up with these kind of statements saying, Russia wouldn't come to your defense if China breaches border. US warns India. Well, is U.S. going to come to India's defense if there's a border clash between China and India? Did U.S. help India when there was a border clash last year? I don't think so. So, again, the U.S. is trying to plant seeds in India, trying to get them to change their minds. It's just not going to work. You know, they need to keep out of India's business. They need to keep out of uh, China's business because... This is a border issue between two countries, two major countries, China and India, and they need to work it out themselves. They don't need any external parties to get involved. India is big enough and strong enough to talk to China, and China is big enough and strong enough, and they're both intelligent enough to sit around a table and work out their border issues and resolve it peacefully. They don't need America to come in, start throwing all these seeds of doubt and... and um, start causing trouble because that's what they do they start causing trouble when it's, the, it's in their interest if it's not in their interest they'll leave you alone they won't say anything but if it's in their interest they'll come in they'll start to sow seeds of doubt here and there they'll start to put in their own um, twist on things and they'll start to push the knife in and start twisting it and push one nation against another nation and that's what they do they cause trouble they start trouble they start wars they need to keep their noses out of other people's internal affairs. India and China can work this out themselves. And finally, Lavrov had also um, uh, gone to China uh, before India and 
they released a joint statement saying that this is going to be a new world order and it's going to be a multipolar world with the US and the West on one side and you got Russia and China on the next and it's going to be a huge huge change in the world it's going to be a multipolar world uh, it's not all about US hegemony anymore and one thing that all of this has caused is actually caused um, Russia and China to be closer together um, before the war they were very very good allies they were very strong allies but since the war the fact that China has not given up in pressure to the, to the West the fact that China has not um, turned around and turned its back to its friend or backstabbed Russia has actually made their relationship much much stronger it's made them closer to each other and China has realized that West cannot be trusted and the fact that China and Russia are working on a new world order together and the fact that together they know they are very strong um, the West is getting very very worried and the West has done this the West has pretty much pushed Russia into China's arms and and I see a huge huge benefit to China as well as Russia in the future uh, this is going to change everything uh, you can see from the sanctions that have been placed on Russia they've pretty much done nothing Russia will only get stronger uh, China will only get stronger and there is really nothing that the West can do and I can see them working a lot closer together doing a lot more military corporations and even civil civilian corporations as well for example China and Russia are working on brand new submarines um, they're working on joint uh, helicopters uh, in terms of military they are sharing technology uh, they're going to be going to the moon and building a base together they're building um, nuclear power plant plants together they're, they're sharing a lot of technology there's a lot of work that they are doing together and they're together on the BRI um, they're working together on the Arctic sea route there's many many things that the West doesn't understand that the Chinese you know and the Russians are working on so many projects together there is no way this relationship or this friendship would end anytime soon and not for the West you know they don't seem to understand the deepness of the friendship between Russia and, and China and the friendship and the deep trust that goes between President Xi and, and Putin the West don't understand China, the West doesn't understand Russia, and the West doesn't understand India. And that's going to be their own downfall, because all I see is arrogance. They feel that they can push these countries around, they'll listen to whatever they say, they'll cave in under pressure. It's not like that anymore. It's not like it was in the 80s or 90s, or even 70s. The world has changed, and you know, you've got to treat other countries with a bit of diplomacy, you got to treat them like equals and most importantly you got to treat them with respect so what's the summary basically the European leaders have been shown themselves to be absolute fools and again Putin has outsmarted all of them put together all of them he's outsmarted and all of these European fools who thought they can sanction Russia and destroy the Russian economy put all of these Russian people into hardship cancel every single Russian all over the world and take away all of the businesses away from Russia 
and all of these threats all of these sanctions and all of these actions and putting given weapons to the ukrainians they think that they are on the upper hand but unfortunately all have, all they have done is shot themselves in the foot uh, they have fallen off a cliff with biden and there is no way to get back on top of that cliff at the same point as they were before so they have all pretty much shot themselves in the foot they're all in a runaway train with no way to stop and they just don't know what to do and they're all panicking even chancellor schultz has been panicking he's lying to his uh, public he's lying to the media that you know the germans can continue paying in euros when it's not the case at all the russians have denied it so again he's come out to be shown to be an absolute fool an absolute puppet and now he's an absolute liar and german economy is going to tank big time german's industry is going to tank uh, the whole of europe is going to pretty much tank uh, the uk is going to be tanking as well even though the uk is not part of europe um it's going to suffer just as much as the europeans are and you can see the russians already t making moves in india they're already making moves in china um, all of these industries that have left russia uh, are now open to chinese businesses indian businesses so they've handed in handed a lot of business to china and india and now russia is going to be handing over their oil and natural resources to china and india as well and the europeans are just going to lose end of the day because Europeans need this gas. The Europeans desperately need this gas for their economy, for their industry, for their businesses, for their people. And they have literally shot themselves in the foot. Um, the Americans are pretty much self-sufficient. They don't really need Russian gas. They can produce their own gas. So it's not really hurting the Americans. The people that are going to be hurting are the Europeans and the European people. And the Europeans have been shown to be fools for jumping into the cauldron and pretty much cooking themselves um, based on American pressure. So Europeans have shown they have no, got, no spine at all whatsoever. Not one European leader, not one, maybe Macron was the closest, stood up and said, hang on a second guys, let's think about this before placing sanctions on Russia. Let's all sit back, relax for a bit and think about this and let's talk with Russia. If Russia has security concerns about NATO, uh, security concerns about Ukraine, let's talk over a table. Let's try and sort this out. Let's not escalate this. But no, what did they do? They escalated it. They pushed NATO into admitting that um, they will add Ukraine to NATO one day. Um, they are saying that Ukraine is a sovereign country, he can do what he wants. All NATO had to do was say, all right, we understand um, Russia's security concerns. We made a promise back then that we're not going to spread out eastwards towards um, Russian borders. We will keep that promise. We're not going to add Ukraine to um, to NATO for that. And that's all they had to say, and this war would have never happened. They pushed this war. They pushed this war, and now they've done all of these sanctions. They've let it escalate to this point, and they just don't know what to do after that. They could have easily stopped it, easily stopped it before. And now they've reached to this point, they're just clueless. They're just clueless. 
and they haven't destroyed Russian economy like they said they would. They were all frothing at the mouths, saying, oh, Russian economy is destroyed, the ruble has plunged 30%, 40%, I can see the ruble crashing, the economy is going to crash, Russian people are going to be begging on the streets. You know, none of that has happened, none of it. It's all lies by the media, people are falling for it. And now they've been made to look really stupid because of it. So the Europeans have shown to be very stupid. And again, the Russians, um, Putin has outsmarted them all yet again. And I must say, one person who probably would be my vote for the stupidest person in Europe would be Chancellor Schultz. He, within months, has destroyed Germany's economy. I mean, Merkel would not ever let it get to this stage. Uh, he, he has shown to be a complete puppet. In press conferences, Biden was pretty much doing the talking for him. Biden was saying, we're going to close uh, Nord Stream 2. And guess what? Nord Stream 2 has been shut down. So again, in these press conferences, he has shown to be a puppet of Biden. Biden is pretty much telling him what to do. An old man telling him what to do. Absolutely embarrassing. He has destroyed the German's economy in only a matter of months. And I don't see any way back for him at all. And he has also destroyed all of the good work Germany has done, building up a really good relationship with Russia ever since World War II and the fall of the Berlin Wall. Germany has always been neutral, especially when it's... Um, has issues with with Russia all of these years you know Germany has been a neutral country it's never antagonized Russia but he has basically destroyed all of that by sending weapons to Ukraine placing all of these sanctions saying all of these nasty things towards Russia and all of his actions has basically burnt a lot of bridges in the Russian um, leadership and in the Russian parliament and as well as Putin as well so I feel sorry for all of the Germans. This guy has pretty much destroyed the country in a matter of months. And I feel really sad. I really feel really sad, especially after World War Two and everything that's happened between the two countries. And Germany has now increased its budget. They're going to buy hundreds of F-35s from America. So America's winning. They're selling Germany loads of weapons. And... Um, I don't see any way back between Germany and Russia, and Russia anymore. I think that's the end of the relationship. And it's a shame because this is exa exactly what the US wanted. Exactly what the US wanted. And the US has pretty much um, got what it wanted. He wanted Germany and Russia not to be friends. And he wanted to sell loads of weapons to Germany. And he's done that as well. He's increased his budget. I remember when Trump had a go at Germany a couple of years ago saying they're not paying enough for NATO's budget, they're not paying enough for their own military. Uh, so Biden has pretty much done the job for Trump. So it's a shame really, it's a real shame. So let me know what you guys think. Uh, I know there was a lot to talk about today. Uh, look forward to reading your comments and I'll see you in the next video.